up, what up, what up? Welcome back. Welcome back to the scorecard, the boxing scorecard, where I encourage people to bring your scorecard and your explanation, not just simply your opinion. All right. <clears throat> we had an undisputed championship fight this weekend. Um, and it was good. It was very good. Mr. Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castano, too. Uh, this was the rematch. The first one was a draw, a very controversial draw. I actually had Castano winning the first fight. To give you my specific scorecard for the first fight, I had it 116 to 112 for Castano. I had a lot of close rounds, though. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rounds marked as close rounds um, for that first fight. Um, so, but I clearly thought Castano won. He got the rematch last night and uh, ended in dramatic fashion. I'm not right with all my predictions, but I'm pretty close with uh, with most of them. Last week I picked Vival with the with the decision. This week I picked I picked uh, Charlo to win by tenth round KO. Uh, that's exactly what happened. To go through each round, it was an exciting fight too, and uh, we'll talk about the adjustments that he made during the fight. But to get through each round, the first round, and specifically I had a few close rounds. Well, actually, it was a lot of close rounds marked in this one too. I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven rounds marked out of the ten marked as close rounds. Um, going through the first round first. Uh, Charlo landed a, a combination and was more had landed a few more effective punches, uh, even though even though Castano was the one that was coming forward. That was in that first round. Second round, even though I marked the first round as a close round. Second round, I marked it clearly for uh, for Charlo. Um, he was landing not combinations but single punches more than more than uh, than than he's been moving back. More than he's been yeah more than he's been moving back. He was landing single punches even though he was moving back. He was still landing a little bit more. Castano was a, doing a good job of having that high guard. And when someone has a high guard, they're, you know, someone has that high guard, they're looking more to catch, close the door, and, and, and slip too, which Castano was doing. But, you know, Charlo, you could tell that he made his adjustments. Third round, I marked as a close round. I also gave it to Charlo. Castano was making it close, but Charlo was still landing more. Um, Castano was landing, but just just not enough. Like he was doing what he was supposed to do, just a little bit more, more offense. But actually, it's also because of how good uh, uh, Charlo's defense was. Fourth round was the first round that I actually gave to Castano. Um, I didn't mark any any uh, notes for that round, but that's, I thought that was a clear clear round for for Castano. Fifth round I also gave to Castano. Also gave to Castano, but I marked that fifth round as a, as a close round. Um, Charlo was winning. Uh, but but Castano was fighting. Um, he Charlie was doing a good job of, of boxing that round, but Castano put it on a mark. Like what he was supposed to be doing in the, in the first couple of rounds, he did that in that fifth round. That's why I gave him I uh, I gave him that uh, that fifth round marked it as a close round, but I gave it to him. The sixth round also marked it as a close round, but I gave it to Castano. Um, in that round specifically, Charlie that last round. I mean, not the last one, the sixth round. Charlo made a comeback in the last minute, like he made a he made a comeback in the last minute. But Castano Castano was uh, I thought Castano did more in the first two minutes of that round. Uh, I thought it was clear in the first two minutes of that round that Castano won that. So at the end of the sixth round, <clears throat> it's 57-57, tied up. 
going into the seventh round, marked it as a close round. I gave it to Charlo. My specific notes for that one was uh, Castano was coming forward, but Ch- but Charlo was landing cleaner. Like you could just see the the when I say cleaner punches, like you can see them clearly landing. Sometimes you can even hear it. Um, but uh, Castano again, Castano was coming forward and doing what he was supposed to do. Just not enough of it. And uh, yeah, Charlo was doing his thing in that seventh round. Round eight also marked it as a close round. Give it to Charlo. No notes for that round, but I, it was a close round. Give it to Charlo. Round 10. No, no, my bad. Round nine. Uh, also marked it as a close round, but I gave it to gave it to Charlo because Charlo was coming forward. But again, Charlo was just landing more. Um, I'm gonna, after I, after we I got one more round and I'm gonna get into the details about uh, about the the fights even more. Um, yeah, round nine to Charlo, and then round ten, which I predicted would happen. Charlo stopped him um, with a short left hook. It was kind of a delayed reaction. Um, Charlo was kind of backing up, caught him with that left hook. Castano stood there for a second, then he actually took a step back, uh, came down to one knee. He made the eight. He beat the ten count. He got up. Um, but then Charlo, he's one of the best finishers in the game. Um, once he has you hurt, you know, it's not too many, uh, nobody really withstands that, uh, that onslaught once he has you hurt. Um, interesting stat that I just, uh, found out before Charlo's won all of his four belts by knockout and he's not even actually known for, you know, I think, I don't know what his knockout percentage is. I think only half of his fights have ended in knockout. I should pull it up real quick. Um, Somebody in chat, look look for that for me. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, Charlo, undisputed, undisputed at 154 pounds. If he's not on your on your pound for pound list, you know something's wrong with that list. Undisputed at, at 154, and clearly, you know um, the best uh, the best at 150. Well, no, no, I shouldn't say the best. There's a lot of competition. He he's undisputed. But there's a lot of sharks at the at that 154 pound division. Um, one thing that I encourage people to do after the fight is listen to the the, the post fight press conference because the fighters and coaches they always give you specific details about the fight that they won't necessarily say before the fight. Like you know, sometimes before, you know, people like people will ask questions like what before the fight, what adjustments are you going to make going into this match? You know, it's kind of as a fighter and coach, it's kind of hard to answer that question because obviously you're not trying to give your game plan on what you're going to do. But at the post-fight press conference, you know, when everything's all said and done, that's when they'll give you um, specific details. So when they asked Charlo um, what adjustments he made, he simply, you know, he said um, not to stay against the ropes, which he he, he did. Um, he stayed away from the ropes more. He, like, it's actually funny because when he did land that left hook, he was against the ropes, but he didn't just chill there because that's when Castano would have his best offense is when Charlo would be against the ropes. So staying off the ropes. And he also mentioned just simply landing punches from different angles. I mentioned before Castano, he has that high guard, very good defense, keeps it, you know, just perfect fundamentals with his defense. People that have that high guard, they're looking to catch your jab, close the door and, and slip more. Um, so just landing short punches from different angles is what uh, the adjustment that, that Charlo made. And then his coach, 
Derrick James, one of the most underrated coaches in the game. He doesn't get enough credit for the, for the things that he does. I'll mention more about him in a minute. But he simply said, you have to create the punches that you want to land. You have to create them. And you create them with good footwork, right? You get into a right position to land a certain punch. It's not just simply walking up to the walking up to your op and just and just throwing hard. You want to if there's a specific punch you want to land, left hook, uppercut, straight cross. You have to you have to be in the right foot position in order to land that perfect punch. And uh, Derek James specifically mentioned that. Um, specifically talked how they worked on that during camp, um, and just talked about like. Jermell's knockout, they don't, they are like one punch shots, but like they're set up over time. It's not like uh, um, he mentioned, you know, you, you'll get guys like, of course, like Mike Tyson, who just have, simply have that one punch crushing power. But some other guys, like some other boxers, they, you know, they set up those those knockout punches over time. And, you know, again, over time, creating with, uh, with that good footwork, so when Charlo mentioned landing punches from different angles, it's not just simply just throwing either straight and then overhand and uppercut, not just simply doing that, but being in the right footwork position to land from those different angles. It could be the exact same punch. It could be a straight cross right in front, straight cross, stepping to the side, straight cross, uh, um, you know, doing the high-low, right? Punches from different angles. Um, so, yeah, man. Derek James... This is like as a coach, this is what you want, man. As a coach, a professional boxing coach, your goal should to have should should be to have obviously your fighter be undisputed in his weight class, um, but on 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 the pound for pound list. And of course, the pound for pound list is there's, there's no one official pound for pound list. Some people are biased in their in their list or whatever. But if we could somehow come to to, to some agreement, like. There's certain fighters that everyone has to agree on, like, you know, Earl Spence, uh, um, Terrence Crawford, of course, you know, certain guys that are at the, the top of that. If, the, if those guys are on, on your pound for pound list, you know, don't even talk to me about boxing. And then there's other guys that, that could be interchangeable. Um, but anyways, as a coach, you're, you know, when you're, when your goals should be to have one of your guys on that pound for pound list. Derek James has two two of them, Earl Spence and now uh, um, uh, uh, Jermel Charlo. Sorry, the two undisputed champions in their weight class. Two undisputed champions. We're still waiting to see the outcome of Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence, of course. Um, we're still still seeing the way to see the outcome of that. But as of right now, Earl Spence is undisputed at 147. Um, and Jamel Charlo was undisputed at 154. I don't know any other coach in, in the modern era, as they say, that uh, that has those has those accomplishments at the same time. Like there's, I'm um, you know, I'm sure there's other coaches that might have had that, but you know, uh, that's that's just you know that's just simply high level coaching. That's not no, you know, I just and I think Derek James, Derek James' name needs to be mentioned more. Um, when it comes to the best coaches in the game. Much respect to Jarek James. So where do both fighters go from here? Costano still has a good career ahead of him. You know, he, he got stopped last night, but he still put up a good performance. Like I said, seven, I marked seven out of the 10 rounds as close rounds. Um, so 
seven out of the ten rounds is close rounds. So he still put up a he still put up a very good fight, two good fights against the undisputed champion at that division. So Castano against anybody at 154 is a problem. Um, <laughs> you got uh, Funfora. This guy Funfora is six foot four at 154 pounds. Yeah, six foot four at 154 pounds. And the crazy thing is, you know, obviously you would the the, the logical thing for a tall person is to use your reach, right? You want to keep that person at full extension of your jab. From four, once again at a six foot four. Um, what up? What up? What up? Pads with bag, bags with pads, my man. What up? What up? <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Undisputed at one fifty four. Derek James, Derek James, best one of the best coaches in in the game needs to get more credit. And uh, and uh, there you have it. Oh yeah, where I was, I lost my train of thought there. Castano um, and Funfora, six foot four, 154 pounds. You would think they like to keep you at that long distance, but Funfora, he actually likes to fight on the inside. So it's kind of, as a coach, you know, that's one of the 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 the, the math problems that uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to solve because you would think against a tall person, if you're the shorter fighter, you want to stay on their inside. But from four is actually stronger on the inside. Like he does better on the inside. He, his last fight against Erickson Lubin lumped him up. Lubin, known as you know, he's a power puncher, southpaw, strong. His his only loss was actually to Charlo. He had a he had a first round KO loss to Charlo a while ago. But other than that, he was killing everybody. So I actually I actually thought Lubin was gonna take out from four, um, but nah, man. He uh, he did his thing. Did his thing. And um, so from four is going to be a problem. Tony Harrison is still a problem. I actually think Tony Harrison is is one of the best boxers, like skills-wise boxers at the 154-pound division. Um, the losses that he's had have only came late, late in the fight where he might have just got caught, you know, got caught uh, uh, slipping for a second. And um, But, like, even, even in all of his losses and Tony Harrison's losses, he was winning those fights. He got caught late, um, so I still I still think Tony Harrison is, is a big problem at that 154 pound division. Um, of course, Earl Spence owns not owns yeah Earl Spence and Terence Crawford fighting. Uh, uh, hopefully that fight happens this year. It better happen this year. Uh, I ain't trying to wait any longer. Um, what else we got? What else we got? The other fight that we had was Boots Jerron Ennis against the Canadian Castillo Clayton from Nova Scotia. Castillo Clayton, a very good boxer from the 2012, either 2012 or 16 Olympics. Um, and he actually won a couple of fights. So he is a very good boxer. Um, he went up against one of the best though last night. Jerron Boos Ennis, you know, he, he, he's not, uh, <laughs> he's not up there yet, but he's, he's definitely a problem that uh, anybody at 147, even at 154, has to has to be careful of. The only thing is, you know, obviously you want to plan for your future as a boxer, but specifically with Jerron Ennis, you just want to make sure you, you know, focus on the task at hand. And that was my only concern. Um, I actually picked the Canadian, picked with my heart. I picked the Canadian win by decision. <laughs> uh, he got stopped. 
think it was the second round. It, it, it was a punch in the back of the head, though. You guys saw the replay. It showed it in slow motion. At the same time, I always tell my boxers, like, if you remind them, like, when you're ducking under, no, as low as you get, you still want to keep your eyes up. The mistake that, that Castillo did when he ducked under, he looked down at the ground, which turned his head down like this, and that's why he got punched in the back of the head. But at the same time, it's kind of his own fault for getting punched in the back of the head. You got to keep your eyes up and your hands up as you're ducking under, not looking at the floor. Um, but still, much respect to, to the Canadian just for making it to that level. That was his first loss. He's 19 and one, 19 wins, one loss, and one draw. And even that, in that one draw against Sergey Lipinitz, I thought he won that fight. So much respect to Castillo Clayton. He still has. Um, you know, he's only 34 years old. He only has this is only his first loss in his career, so he still has a has a has a good future ahead of him at 147. I still think he's a, he's a problem for anybody at that at that division too. Um, he just went up against against one of the best that's that's out right now, Jerron Boots Ennis, and you know you can tell his confidence is through the roof, and it's because of his skills. Like he's he's talk about switch hitting. Um, everyone knows how good of a switch hitter Terrence Crawford is. When I say switch hitter, I mean someone that can switch from orthodox to southpaw. Terrence Crawford is undeniably the best in boxing at doing that at, at right now. There's other, like there's plenty other boxers that are able to do it. Um, and most boxers, if you've been boxing for 10 years or more, at some point in time, you, you, you know, even it's, it's just sparring, you, you mess around and go southpaw a couple of times. Every boxer knows how to go southpaw, but it's another thing to actually do it in a real fight at the highest level. <laughs> That's what Terrence Crawford is, does. He he switch hits at the highest level against the best. So that's why he's clearly the best at doing it. But the reason why I brought that up is because Jerron Boots Ennis looks almost flawless in both stances himself. Um, so and the only reason why I don't put Boots ahead is because he hasn't had that competition level yet. Boots, he's... Boots Ennis passes the eye test, you know. He, he passes the eye test against. He's doing what he's supposed to do against his competition that he's fighting right now, um, taking him out. And I think he, like I said, he he, he does pass the eye test. But people, I think people are forgetting because you know everyone's saying that he's ready to, to to beat Crawford and Spence like right now. Like slow down, slow down. I think people forget. What Boots is doing to his, his opponents right now is what is what Crawford and Spence were doing to their opponents when they were at that level, which is reason why they are looked at one of the best right now. So I'm just telling people, just slow down. He's doing what he's supposed to do against the competition that he's facing right now. As long as he continues doing what he's doing as he moves up, then yeah, yeah, yeah. If he continues that, he's him, – him and Shakur Stevenson – I believe are in the future in the next few years are going to be looked at as the two best in the sport. Jerron Booth Ennis and Shakur Stevenson. Remember you heard it here first <laughs> on the scorecard. Any other questions? My man, pads with bags, much love, much love. Thanks for tapping in. Thanks for tuning in. Any other comments or questions about the fights last night? Come on, man. Usually I got a lot of questions in here or, or scorecards. What you guys want to know? What you guys want to talk about? Um, what do we have next? We got some good fights coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, from uh, yeah, from Gervonta and Roley to you know, I got Roley's talking a lot of trash, (laughs) 
He's talking a lot of trash, but I think it's going to be a spectacular, a spectacular knockout for for Javante Davis. Um, and yeah, so there you have it. Another week, another scorecard, another explanation. Uh, thanks for listening. Make sure you uh, like and share, subscribe to the channel Talk and Fight every day at four. My boy Mike Gore. Sundays, Sundays going to be at nine thirty. The show used to be at eleven, but we're going to do it at nine thirty. My son got soccer, so got to make it make it a little bit earlier now. Um, so yeah, so if you can't catch the show live, you can always catch it later. Yeah, shout out. Make sure you on Sundays also at four. We got the knockout of the week. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah, there was a couple of big knockouts this weekend, so I'm not sure which one Mike is going to go with. And uh, so tune in later on this afternoon at four for the KO of the week. All right. Thank you very much for listening. I'm out. Peace.